Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And you know what? I can't really say enough about what, uh, uh, you know, Ray talked about in the previous hour about, you know, one of the keys to success being looking at those things that make you cry and cry in gratitude. And I'm so struck by that, that, you know, my next guest here today, when I think about, you know, having the honor of interviewing him and having a conversation with him, um, it does bring tears to my eyes because, you know, I, I feel so fortunate and grateful to be in the presence of people that have said yes to creating a better place. And that better place is this place we live called Earth. And he's joining me here today, the new face of the peace movement internationally renowned social healing advocate and peace builder, builder James O.D., joining me here today on the show. What can I say about this amazing individual? You know, what I can say, and it's going to be brief, because I could spend probably 15 minutes, Benny, just talking about uh, his accomplishments, you know, beyond being a well-known figure in international social healing, You know, the idea of dialogue and reconciliation is something that not only is he known for, but is so needed in this world. You know, he is uh, currently co-director of the Social Healing Project, uh, and he is someone that is also part of OneTheEvent.org. In August of 2010, recognized with the honor of Champion of Peace, Reconciliation and Forgiveness by the Worldwide Forgiveness Alliance. You know, he lectures, he gives workshops, but, you know, for me, he is a messenger to so many of us that are ready for a new way of being, that are ready for a new peace movement, that are ready to say yes to a different energy and to move to that place of love. James, thank you for joining us uh, today. It is great to have you on the show. You know, it's so interesting to have this, this conversation with you. Not sure if you were there back when I was back in the 60s and 70s, but we had a kind of different way of doing a little peace rally and uh, thing going on back then. Uh, many of the movements, many of the marches, uh, I'm not even going to get into the bra burning part of this, but, um, you know, there was a different energy about creating change, or so people think. Uh, but let's talk about peace movement and how that is different from what some people call anti-war or anti-anything, for that fact. Yes, indeed. Uh, This is not your father or your mother's peace movement. (laughs) (laughs) It's gotten out of the box of being the opposition to war and so on. And not that we don't owe much to, indeed, to those who went before us, But this is about creating a culture of peace, a culture of peace from the ground up, from the inside out and from the ground up. And so today's peacemaker is the parent who is raising kids in a way that is nonviolent, non-authoritarian, full of peaceful values. It's your therapist helping you overcome trauma and injury and wounding so you don't transmit that that wounding to the next generation. It's your teacher who recognizes that there is emotional intelligence as well as cognitive intelligence. And so on throughout the culture we see under the radar screen of the popular culture a, a peace movement rising up 
So, you know, we've breached the walls. We're no longer shouting at the gates. We've breached the walls. We're now working inside systems from the inside to transform them. That's really exciting. It is really exciting. And, you, you know, I mean, I love what you're talking about, about how things have shifted and changed. For you personally, uh, you know, what are some of the experience, what are some of the challenges and obstacles that you had to overcome to come to this place of understanding? You know, I spent 10 years as the director of Amnesty International in Washington, D.C. And after that 10 years, I was really burnt in terms of fueling moral outrage. And it was really conversations with people like Gene Houston that helped me see that, you know, that that is, you know, it's, it's a part of the story, but if that's your sole contribution, is pointing the finger at the accuser, saying, let's prosecute, let's punish the perpetrator, then you get stuck in that rage, even though it's moral, it's still a form of anger and rage. And so the big challenge for me was to move beyond that and to see that there are so many other dimensions of peacemaking where we have to create that dialogic space, that reconciliation space, and we ultimately have to see the perpetrator as wounded. That doesn't mean we go soft on crimes against humanity or any of those woundings and perpetrations. We have to see, if you, if you take, for example, the president of Syria, Assad, who is now being most brutal in suppressing his own people, daily we hear of men, women, and children tortured and mm. murdered in the struggle for democracy. Well, when he was a little boy, his father went and massacred 10,000 people in one city. You know, Daddy, Daddy, what are you doing? Son, this is the way you're supposed to protect, you know, the state is through slaughter and torture. And so the wound that was transmitted by his father to the son is now being enacted by the son. And so we see that social healing is so vital to the story of peacemaking because we've got to interrupt the transmission of that wounding. This is so absolutely timely to be having this conversation and, of course, your involvement with one, the event. Um, I wanted to ask you, uh, from your perspective, how do you see one, the event becoming a catalyst for for what you just shared? Um, I think it's very much in that line of saying, you know, we have to stop pushing the story forward. We were wounded. People did die. This was a deep and catastrophic experience for America. But what are we going to do with that experience? And... Uh, you know, in miniature, let me just give you an example, Dr. Pat, of I know three people who are reconcilers and peacemakers in the world, and each of them has a body as a bullet lodged in their body. One is a woman in Northern Ireland doing peacemaking with a bullet lodged next to her aorta when she was shot. She almost died, but they couldn't take that bullet out. Uh, or they, they said they would probably kill her in the process of trying to, you know, extract that bullet. And so with this woman, Frances, the bullet stopped 
right there because she took her own wounding, injury, resentment and hurt and transformed it into we need peace and reconciliation and understanding. And so it's that, you know, one the event, the gathering is about that process of how do we make it a bigger story of healing and reconciliation. I was with an Israeli soldier who burst into the house of, you know, where they were looking for Palestinian fighters and so on. And some of the soldiers went upstairs and the women were screaming. And he noticed three children standing in front of him, standing like you know, cement statues. And he was struck by what was in their eyes and their faces because it wasn't fear. It was hate. And they were 11, 9, 7, that kind of age. And he said to himself, if there is hatred in the eyes of these children, the story is over. I've got to change the story. And so he left the military. He now plays music and flutes and didgeridoos for children in primary and elementary schools around the United States and in other countries. So that's the kind of story we're talking about. Somebody who meets the bullet, who meets the interruption process and says, he won't continue with me. I am going to change the story. This is for all of us listening to the show, James. I mean, I I, I am so thrilled uh, to have you not only be on air w- with me today, but also be part of one, the event. When we come back, we're going to be talking about creative stress. We're going to talk about that a bit, a bit. Uh, and, you know, this is this is a book uh, that is more than a book. And so for many people out there, they've said, what is the invitation? What are you asking us to do? When we come back, love to share that with you. I want to give you some information. And I want to give you an update about an incredible panel that's going to be happening on Friday night at 1, the event. James is on it, as well as Lindsay Wagner and Ocean Robbins. I will be moderating. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. You are a wondrous expression of God, Source, Spirit, Universe. How do you let this be fully realized in your everyday physical life? Oriella coaches and teaches people how to awaken their spiritual power. She also releases and replaces what is limiting and holding them back. Her no-nonsense logical approach allows you to fully and easily understand how you can live life more fully, more abundantly, more powerfully by awakening to your spiritual power. For information, visit Awaken to Your Spiritual Power Naturopathic doctor, founder of the Martha's Vineyard Holistic Retreat, and author of the New York Times bestseller, 21 Pounds in 21 Days, Dr. Ronnie DeLuce has helped tens of thousands of people, including celebrities and athletes, with her message of lifestyle change. Now, Dr. Ronnie DeLuce wants to help you. You, too, can be saved. Email Dr. Ronnie DeLuce at info at RonnieDeLuceOnRadio.com and visit MVHolisticRetreat.com. Dr. Ronnie DeLuce, your partner in wellness. As many as 96% of Americans are extremely deficient in iodine. Hi, this is Paul from CN Earth Nutrition. 
Thankfully, there's a simple step many of us are already taking to help boost the protective benefits of iodine within the thyroid and literally every cell within our body, Emerald C. Emerald C is a rich and rare natural source of iodine from the most nutrient-dense species of seaweed on the planet. If there's enough iodine in our bodies, radioactive fallout is no longer able to concentrate in the thyroid and it will simply pass through. This is just one of the many benefits of natural food-based iodine. It not only helps to ensure proper operation of the thyroid and our entire endocrine system, it helps to protect its vital gland from the dangers of radioactive fallout. Knowing this, we can take prudent precautionary steps to protect ourselves and loved ones from any potential radioactive dangers, including those we already face every day. To purchase Emerald Sea, visit C, that's S-E-A, and Earth.com. Do you dream of being on the amazing race? Well, here's your chance. Grab a friend and prepare for an exhilarating race around the city when City Solve Urban Race comes to your city. Teams of two will solve clues and face fun challenges while racing around the city. The winning team gets $300 and a chance to be in the Las Vegas Championship race to compete for a grand prize of $5,000. Not only will you have a ton of fun, you'll also be helping a good cause. A portion of the proceeds will benefit a local charity. To start racing, go to City solveurbanrace.com Ladies, are you living an inspired life? Do you yearn for a more passionate dream-filled life? Here's Linda Joy, founder of Aspire Magazine and she has a gift for you. Aspire has launched its Mission to Inspire initiative with a commitment to give away 100,000 one-year digital subscriptions to women around the globe. Every subscription comes with a multitude of free gifts from our team inspiration partners. To claim it all, go to AspireMag.net today. No purchase necessary and live an inspired life. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Uh, I can't say enough about my very special guest joining me here today, James O'Dee. And, you know, the, raise, the reason that I'm so excited about this is because this is a different time. There are different actions being called forth. Um, you know, James, a firefighter in Seattle having a vision um, literally months ago, many people around... Uh, him saying, no, this is impossible. This can't be done. A three-day event that people can participate uh, in uh, live or webcast, right? Completely free to the public. And I wanted to ask you about that event in the context of your book, Creative Stress, because you must have had an inspiration for writing it. And certainly many of us are feeling a level of creative stress around this event. (laughs) But we're all still saying yes. (laughs) Yes, the subtitle of the book, Creative Stress, is A Path for Evolving Souls Living Through Personal and Planetary Upheaval. (laughs) So we're all experiencing at various levels this upheaval, this movement. We see it so graphically in the in the Middle East, but really across the planet, people are on the move. And uh, as with our dear friend, who the firefighter Eric, who's organizing this event and whose vision it is, it is the so-called average people in the world 
who are really beginning to show a rising tide of consciousness. So I say this is a time when the whole field of consciousness is being lifted upward. And thank goodness it's not the celebrity moment, it's the us moment, it's the joy of we moment. And I wrote Creative Stress, I wrote it for those so-called average people, not as an academic book, but people who, you know, whose real lives are affected by all kinds of stress, the parent who gets the call from the police that their kid has been apprehended with drugs, the family member who loses a job, the breakups, the divorce, all those things, that the stresses that crowd our lives and that gather in a time of economic unrest and so on. And I, I see in stress really the energy of the universe comes at us and uh, sometimes it comes at us really sweetly and sometimes it comes at us with bitterness and it's up to us as to what we do with that energy. And so in the book I, I say, go back and look at your default response to this energy. Take, you know, an early birthday party, maybe when you were seven, and that some, you know, got cancelled or something, some big disappointment in your life. How did you deal with it? Did you have a tantrum? Did you scream and shout? Did you run up to your bedroom and sob and feel wounded and hurt? Did you self-medicate and say, you know, I need some candies and some Coca-Colas and some... And uh, what we find is that people are either tamping it down, pushing it, suppressing it. They're pushing it back onto other people or they're sort of numbing and dumbing down and self-medicating. And the book is about liberating that trapped energy because we know that negative stress, the science of that is so clear that it will damage your health. It damages your mind. It stays in your cellular memory. It's energy in the universe that you haven't processed. It's almost like your humble and obedient servant waiting for you to take action. And here you are years later, you've got ulcers, you've got you know, blood pressure problems, you've got headaches or whatever, and it's the stress of the unresolved stress of the past. And so then you think about that, Dr. Pat, not only personally, right. but on a planetary scale. Mm. And we see the projection of our unhealed wounds on nature, the great... Nature is maxed out. You know, it's nature is the one who's saying to us, your credit has expired, you're in debt, mm. you're in deficit, you've wounded me, you're, you're pillaging everything, you won't be able to sustain this. And so from the personal to the planetary, this is the time when the human, evolving human being, is invited to master this, these stresses, these challenges. Because we are creative beings. The neuroscientist Jer Levy says, maybe more than any other human capacity, our creativity shows in the way we rise to challenges and meet them. And when we do, we liberate this energy up and others feel it. It's a force for good on the planet. It's a force for altruism and service. James, one of the things that is, for me, that I was so struck by is how quickly um, I said yes to not only be part of one the event, but also be part of, um, let's just say, raising the bar for myself. And the question I guess I would love to be asking you is, 
you know, when you appear at the event, what is the message that you would like the audience to get as the message today? You know, what is your personal hope moment for what people will hear and understand? That in all of the crisis and confusion and chaos and challenge in the world, that we were born for such a time as this. Mm. We have the capacity to deal with this level of complexity. We have the capacity to forgive, to reconcile, to demonstrate the power of love. We were born for this moment, and it is time to ignite the great healing, the greatest healing that the planet has ever seen. You know, I wrote an essay in 2003 for a book called The Mystery of 2012, and my essay is the concluding essay of that book, which has been translated into many languages and so on. But in that essay, you know, the book ends with my saying, and by the end of 2012, at the dawn of 2013, the world will begin to see the greatest healing it's ever seen. And I think we're on track because that rise of the field of consciousness out of the speaking of the public voice in Egypt, in Tunisia, in Syria, and in so many parts of the world, we will be emboldened as so-called average people to take the next steps because humanity has really longed and dreamed for this moment when peace would be within our reach. Now we understand the true nature of democracy is to give voice to that dialogue, that discussion. And people say to me, but you know, James, there's conflict everywhere. I remind them, you know, that the great turmoil between the women on either side of the abortion debate in New England, you know, they were really getting very nasty with each other in public. They went offline for six months for dialogue. And when they came out of the dialogue, they had a press conference and the media wanted to know who won the debate. <sighs> and they said, no, no, see, we, we, we still hold the views we held. And the media said, well, that must be a failure then. They said, no, you see, the difference is now we take care of each other's kids. Now we're friends. Now we have a way of understanding that there's a way to hold our beliefs and our, dis- our differences. There's a ground of being, there's a oneness underneath it all that lifts us up and that holds us in that space. So I say the search for common ground is not the search so that we can all be the same. It's it's the search for that ground where it's safe to be different, where it's safe to be diverse and unique. And it's that ground of being that we're calling that's rising up on this planet, ground of being that can hold religious differences and cultural differences, but says, Beneath it all, confess, appreciate, understand we are one. James, thank you so much for joining me here today. I look forward to uh, to seeing you on, on Friday at one the event. And also James is part of the panel that I briefly mentioned. 5.30, that panel uh, begins. We're going to be giving you lots more information about it. Uh, James, what's... And people the... can come to my website. Yes. Exactly. Please let him. James O D, 
That's spelled O-D-E-A, even though in Washington State they pronounce it O'Day. I know. <laughs> it's uh, jamesodea.com, and people can find out about my book, Creative Stress. I, pron- I pronounced it correctly. You did, indeed. I, I did, because Benny actually educated me really up front. <laughs> you know, I've just come back from the World Peace Festival, and my keynote speech at the World Peace Festival is on the website. And oh, that's great. I am definitely going to get the word out about that as well. James, thank you so much. I look thank forward you. to seeing you. See you soon. You bet. Much uh, love. Much okay. love. Benny, fabulous job. Thank you. I want to thank all of our guests today for joining us here. Uh, I want to thank all of you for tuning us in, turning us on. Many of you tried to call into the show to listen to get the word out. Uh, you'll be hearing lots more. I want to thank KKNW AM 1150. I want to thank our network, CRN, CBS, uh, WBLQ. I want to thank you guys for uh, putting that public service announcement everywhere on your networks and doing what you do so well. We'll see you next time on The Dr. Pat Show. I tried to swim around.